Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-changing radio. Welcome to Self-Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My next guest, Jerry Ford, is the author of the book, Guns, Drugs, or Wealth. And he talks about his journey from Detroit all the way to multimillionaire status and how he got there as a personal trainer. He got connected to me through JT McCormick's company, Scribe. So we were talking about our connections and he's just a wonderful guest, really funny. If you are a stockbroker, stop listening at around the 21 minute mark, you're going to be upset. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy my next guest, Jerry Ford on Self Talk Radio Show. How did you hook up with uh, Scribe? You know what? I was actually, I was Googling places that self-published books for about a week straight. <laughs> and uh, I'm really into social media. I mean, that's, that's where most of my personal training business come from. Yeah. Social media being a huge marketing tool these days. And a friend saw that I was looking for a publishing company and she actually recommended Scribe. And when I mean friend, I mean friend on Instagram as in I, I've never met this woman in my life. <laughs> she recommended Scribe and I said, okay, sure, I'll have a meeting with them. And then I had a meeting with them and uh, yeah. Aren't they great? This project. I think they're great. I, I had uh, JT McCormick on the show with his book. I got there and his story blew my doors off. I just, I love, have you had a chance to meet with him? You know what's funny is, so the person who recommended me had met with him and then everyone keeps telling me, oh my gosh, your story is so, you know, it's in the realm of, of his, so you guys should meet, but I've never met him before. No way. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. There's so much resonance between you two. I can already tell he has that upbeat energy and you have it. I can just hear it over the phone. Um, <laughs> and he's just, he's so much fun and he's just a wonderful, he was a wonderful guest to have on. So yeah, definitely. He's, he's definitely a good connection for you. Um, I, I loved your book, Guns, Drugs, or Wealth. Tell me your journey. How, how did you, how did you start with all of this in Detroit? We'll start there first. So, you know, I, I was raised in Detroit. I was raised in a really, I mean, it's no way to sugarcoat it. I was raised in the really hard, rusty streets of Detroit. And uh, it was, it, it was rough. It was, mm. it was really rough. Uh, it was a lot of times in the wintertime, we didn't have heat, we didn't have water. And, you know, Detroit can get below zero degrees you know there, there were times when we didn't have heat so we had to take a bucket and and put snow in the bucket and then put that on the electric hot plate and then wait for the water to get warm enough to pour in the bathtub oh. type of cold yeah yeah so, yeah so yeah that and then between growing up and and having to do whatever I had to do to, to help my family put food on the table or to, uh, you know, witnessing my brother um, get murdered on my mom's oh. birthday. Oh, my. You saw that? Yeah. Oh, tell me, what was what was the circumstance? What happened? Well, you know, the, the, the sad part about most circumstances like this is, is there's never really a, a reason. I mean, there's never a reason to take a life, but let alone a reason like this. But uh, my brother was murdered um, because uh, of a girl 
pretty much a girl oh. that he he wasn't even interested in so my brother was murdered on my mom's birthday which now makes it really difficult on my mom's birthday and my brother's birthday and so we as a family dealt with that which was the worst thing that's ever happened to us mm. which you know kind of sent me off the deep end you know yeah something like that 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 happens is it's really hard to keep a positive attitude and go on with your life, you know, having having that planted in your heart. So that that did not help me as a kid. And and how old were you when that happened? I was I was fourteen. Oh no! So that really that can either make you or break you, something like that. It can either push you, and and that's aptly titled with your your book, Guns, Drugs, or Wealth. And you chose you chose wealth. Which is and wealth for you, it sounds like has multiple meanings. You you said one point in your book you you said everything you do is life or death, and and I was like, isn't that an exhausting way to live? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was you know like, wow, I I don't know if I want to live like that. It, 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 but you know, hearing your story. That's your catalyst. That's that's your catalyst to greatness, right? Yeah, that's it. It's that all or nothing. Yeah. All or nothing. It's one thousand percent or go home. Yeah. Now, has that attitude changed for you? You know, not at all. Of course not. I've I've always been a really, a really light, fun, loving person. It mm -hmm. was just that when I was younger, I was in a very different set of cir circumstances which you know drove me to either survive or or not but i've always been a a really uh, loving happy person so even in my everyday life the way i conduct business the way that i train my clients it's life or death and even when i get these you know ceos or these celebrities who's, ne who's never went through a hardship in their life i always tell them like when you walk into this gym it's life or death and they giggle and laugh you know, but I'm, I'm dead serious. And the way that I approach every single thing today is still life or death. I'm either going 1,000% or I'm not doing it. Do you ever hit a wall thinking that way? I don't because I think I think it's all I think it's all I think it's all a mindset, you know. Huh. Now, the other thing. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying, I think it's, I think it's all a mindset, right? I think if, if you, if all you know is one thing, which is say going hard or, all you know, it's one thing as in slacking, right? Whatever you make a habit becomes a habit. Yeah. And it's important to create those habits. I think one of the things that you mentioned in your book that I really liked and it stuck with me. You said, don't strive to be a disciplined person, strive to have great habits. What are some of your best habits that you have? Uh, some of my best habits is, is one, and it sounds really cliche, but it, it is probably my best habit is being determined until I succeed. Not giving up is one of my best habits. I've given up on maybe one thing in my entire life, which was baseball, but that's an entirely different story, right? Not giving up, <laughs> not giving up. This is one of my best habits. 
uh, one of my other habits right now, and this is a new habit uh, in the last few years, is now listening to two books a week. Really? What what book are you uh, listening to right now? I, I literally just finished Fear. Ooh. I just finished Fear. I, I don't know if you've uh, you've had a chance or, or you've, you've you've heard of that one. No, I've never. What is it? What is that about? I might have to pick that up. It just came out, and it's it's called Fear: Trump and the White House, and it's mm-hmm. by uh, Bob Woodward. Oh, Woodward! Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So it's about all of the all of the stuff that that uh, that that's going on in the, in the White House right now. Yeah, he's written for he's written for every president I think since uh, Carter maybe. He's written for forever on that. Oh yeah, that would be a great book to pick up. But let's get back to your book. I want <laughs> now. Now let me see. Um, you started in Detroit. Difficult uh, circumstances. Sounds like your mom's a rock. And amazing, right? And so you you went from that to becoming a personal trainer. And then you ended up meeting, tell me the story about um, NYHRC. Can you talk about that? Of course. So I, you know, it's funny. I actually walked into HRC, which is uh, the New York Health and Racquet Club. It's a really luxury gym. I walked in that gym my first day living in New York City. Uh, I walked in there because I wanted to use the steam room and shower. And when I got in there, I realized how nice of a gym it was. So I started working out and... And then this other trainer kind of saw me working out and he figured I was going pretty hard. So he offered me a personal training job, which is nuts. And I didn't believe this guy. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm 21. I don't know anything about training other than training myself. And you offered me a job. So I took the job. <laughs> I took <laughs> That's the job. awesome. And I, I didn't I didn't know exactly what personal training was per se other than training myself, but I was so determined to learn. It was that that life or death mentality. So I learned everything I could. I pushed as many clients as I can and I quickly uh, gained a lot of really great tastemakers, including celebrities, uh, Wall Street workers, uh, you name it. And then eventually I met the man who changed my life. Bill. Bill, TB is what I call him. Triple B. I met, <laughs> and he was he was such an ass to you in the beginning. Ah, she was such an ass. <laughs> you know, what's funny is is it's now because he read the book. I didn't tell him, you know, that I, 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 you know, I didn't tell him about the book. So when he read it, he didn't even deny it. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah that's right. I, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I was wondering when I read it, I was like, I wonder how Bill's going to feel about this, you know, he's and laughing and he's laughing is, is when I first met Bill, I, he was he was just such a jerk and such he was such a fast talking New York finance wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And I, it was so bad to literally I would be driving to work. You know, sometimes you play scenarios in your head, whether they be good or bad. And I would drive to work and, and I would play these scenarios in my head of, OK, if, if he says this to me today, I'm, I'm going to really give it to him. I'm going to let him have it, you know. And, <laughs> and, and, and finally, you know, six months into this, this, uh, this ridiculous nonsense, finally, I was able to pop him on the shoulder and, and give him a piece of my mind. And that was the turning point of, of our relationship. Yeah, because then he, he respected you. 
and he respected me. And yeah. I wasn't angry. I was I was strong. I was firm. I was direct. I was sharp, tight to the point. And uh, and he he started to respect me after that. Yeah, you were a different level, different playing level, because you weren't going to take his guff anymore. That's right. That's so cool. Now, then, then the part of the book that blew my mind, you took some of his advice, and then you you were you were really living large. You had all these BMWs and fancy cars and stuff. And and what happened? Well, you know what? First, it, it was it was so terrible, and it was it was such the opposite definition of wealth because I had the this fancy BMW, I had all of this stuff, but I was literally living in an apartment with three roommates. So <laughs> so I had all of this nice stuff, but I was living in an apartment with three roommates and I was putting my money in all of the wrong places. So what happened was after I moved to LA, I quickly became one of Equinox top five trainers worldwide. And we came to a disagreement, so Equinox fired me. And when Equinox fired me, I think that really shook me out of my routine. It kind of shook me up a bit because I believe that that security stifles ambition. And so it shook me out of my comfort zone. And so I called Bill from L.A. He lived in New York at the time. And I said, okay, a lot of people make a million dollars, you know. But how did you make as much as you did? Like, one percent of the world ever sees the money that you see. How do you do that? And he was like, you know, basically, whenever you're in New York again, we'll, we'll talk about it. I said, okay. And again, I'm life or death. I said, okay, no problem. I'm flying to New York right now. <laughs> so I caught a red eye over to New York, and I get there, and, and I'm telling you, I I didn't take anything. I didn't take clothes. I literally took myself to the airport. I hopped on a red eye. I got to Bill's house the next morning, and I said, let's get to work. We got Benjamin Franklin's to make. And he thought I was nuts. And so we, he sat me down, and he asked me, he goes, what's the difference between the rich and the poor? And I'm like, oh, dude, you're testing me again. So I say, okay, you know, the rich acquire assets. The poor acquire liabilities that they think are assets. So he goes, okay. He goes, I want you to write your assets down in one column right here, and then your liabilities down in another column. So I wrote all of that stuff down, and it's in the book. And my liabilities were, like, nuts. They were insane. And I had, like, one or two assets. And he was basically, like... Go back to L.A., reduce your liabilities, and then we can talk. So I flew back to L.A., and I sold all of the cars. I sold the motorcycle. I got rid of every single liability, and I started Uber pooling. <laughs> and, then, and then in the book, this is the part that I read that I laughed out loud because Bill's like, you sold your car, too? I wouldn't have sold my car. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I was nuts because you know he's yes. he, he, he's he's a little older, right? So, right. Uber pooling is is he's like, what is Uber pool? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, Uber pooling is when you can share a ride with a complete stranger and get to your destination. And he's like, you are nuts because it's like I, I remember I, I trained uh, Mark Webb, who's a really really well known movie and television director. And I yeah. remember when I Uber pooled to Mark Webb's house. And I was in the Uber with maybe three three people, and we're in the hills, the Hollywood Hills, and I'm getting out of the car, and I can see these people looking at me like, why are you Uber pulling? <laughs> <laughs> and you're 
and you could say, well, you know, I'm, I'm on assignment, you know, you, you do something, something like that. We're speaking with author, we're speaking with author Jerry Ford, the book Guns, Drugs, or Wealth. You've got to pick this book up. It's great. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jerry more about one of his quotes. He says, I'm not wealthy, but I'm building wealth. I, I don't know. If you grew your company a hundred times from what it was as a personal trainer, I'd consider that wealthy. But we're going to see what Jerry's interpretation of wealth is when we come back on Self Talk Radio Show. Can't sleep? Try this. Sleep Meditation offers soothing meditations to help you sleep like a baby and awaken what's inside. All you have to do is choose the meditation you want to listen to from our library at sleepmeditation.org. Click play and enjoy. If you want to keep the recording, purchase the downloads you want. Plus, Sleep Meditation offers specials on motivational pieces that help you start positive change, stop bad habits, or sleep like a baby. Sleepmeditation.org. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My guest is author Jerry Ford with Guns, Drugs, or Wealth. And I want to ask you, you started as a personal trainer and you said in your book, I'm not wealthy, but I'm building wealth. What's your gauge to success? Well, my definition of wealthy is, well, one thing, wealth is not how much you make, right? It's how much you accumulate. Wealth is when you can live your day-to-day life and change nothing. It's when you can live your day-to-day life and still buy all of the things and material things that are in your routine and not have to work because you have income from multiple assets that are coming in. So my definition of wealth is when you are able to do all of that and you have at least a hundred times whatever you spend per month saved up in cash or either invested at any given time. That's my definition of wealth. Yeah, nice. Now, you also talked about three arms that help you be wealthy. What are those three arms? Buying real estate must be in that mix somewhere, right? 100. Actually, real estate as passive income is my very first arm of income. Uh, So you have real estate, which is passive, And then you have portfolio, which is anything that has to do with the stock market and smart spending or uh, owning your own business. Hmm. Now, owning your own business, isn't that risky? It is risky, but you know what? Studies have shown that when you own your own business, you are four times more likely to become a millionaire. Well, and you, you lived it because when you were working at Equinox, you weren't making near as much as you were when you went out on your own, right? Not, not at all. And yeah. it's funny because I, 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 I go back and I say, why didn't I leave a long time ago? But it's because security stifles ambition. Security stifles ambition. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, yeah, I mean, now I do want to talk to you about stocks or I think I, I picked up a Robin Hood account. Some one of my buddies had started Robin Hood and he says, Well, I get a, a free stock if you buy a stock. And I said, Oh, sure, why not? You know, because I know nothing about the stock market. Is Robin Hood a, a good way to go? Or sh- if you're gonna go, you gotta go all in. Should you get a, a stock broker to, to help you? What's your what's your take on all that? <laughs> it's two two things. One, I'm I'm not so familiar with Robin Hood, and that's only because I, I learned from a, a, a Wall Street guy. 
Yeah, it's it's stock it's stock market for dummies is what it's an app on my phone, and I put fifty bucks in it and I I watch it deteriorate. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I bought Ford stock and my sweetheart's like, what are you thinking? Ford is tanking. I go exactly. It's a sale, honey. I said it's a sale. I'm getting Ford on sale. You know, so he's he's just like, I don't think that's how it works. And I go, well, it's fifty bucks. You know, I, I'm good it's okay you know and but yeah i think so so enlighten me what with your wall street friend bill who's probably smacking his head listening to this interview (laughs) at this point where do you find these people jerry well you you know what honestly i would say i would say go with uh go with either fidelity uh swab or td ameritrade only because it's more of the it is a little bit more expensive to trade. I think it ranges between like four dollars and six dollars a trade, but I would definitely say go with one of the uh, more well-known uh, companies for uh, for trading. Okay, now wait a sec. When I was reading in your book, you were you weren't really crazy about stockbrokers. So help me with my stupidity yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So is so, there a difference between Fidelity and a, a stockbroker? What's what's yes. the difference? Okay. So the Fidelity is your Robinhood. The Fidelity is just a brokerage account. The Fidelity, okay. the TD Ameritrade, the the Charles Schwab, they're just brokerage accounts that you use to buy stocks. Okay. So yeah, so you literally just put the Fidelity app on your phone, and then you log into your Fidelity and you buy Ford or you know whatever you want to buy. Now, however, stockbrokers and. I've had a lot of stockbrokers get so upset with me, but stockbrokers, I believe, I believe right to Jerry they, Ford at care of Jerry Ford. Stockbrokers—they're criminals. I believe they're criminals masquerading as investors. Again, you know, all your letters could go to Jerry Ford. <laughs> now, now, now. Now, one thing is that you, you have very few stockbrokers. You have very few stockbrokers who actually do their homework, mm-hmm. right, and give you some really sound advice. So to those small percentage of stockbrokers who actually know what they're doing, this doesn't refer to them. But most of stockbrokers, if they had the answer, if they had the answer, they would be they, they would have borrowed. Uh, uh, so much money from margin or so much money from a bank invested into a stock and they will be chilling on a beach right now if they really had the answer. Mm-hmm, true. That's true. So you also talked about building a team and one member in particular that you talked about that I agree with you 100% is having a mentor. I mean, you have Bill and you found him. What what an incredible serendipitous moment that was to find him. How do you know good advice from bad with finding a mentor? How do you go about finding a mentor for yourself? That, that's, that's a really good question. So the one thing that I that I always stand by, especially when when finding a mentor or even just getting advice from anybody, is as a student, a good student always second guesses a mentor or anyone, but they don't ignore the facts, right? And that's why you have to do your research. If if someone tells you, you know, hey, uh, you know, this they're selling homes and and they're fifty percent off. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a little bit of homework and figure out if this is true, if there's any downside, what's the upside. So I would say let the facts speak for themselves. Yeah. 
That's good advice, definitely. Now, you also talk about real estate and investing in real estate. Is is that one that's kind of fun for you? I know I, I enjoy playing around. I love finding a property that's really broken yeah. and rebuilding it. I, I found a farmhouse from 1801 oh, wow. that I took down to the planks. My, my sisters both looked at me and they said, you're a single mom. What are you thinking? This is going to... And I had a blast. I had so much fun. And I bought the house, I think, for 200 grand and I put in 50,000 and I resold it for 325. It was awesome. I had nice. a blast. And it yeah, it so, was fun. So fun and it's, it's, so, it's such easy money. Yeah, yep, it definitely it right. is. So how do you find um, good real estate deals? You know, do you, do you go for foreclosed properties or how do you play the, the real estate game? So what I have, I have realtors in every city that I'm interested in buying real estate. I have two realtors. I have a, a realtor who must be an investor, by the way. If, if I'm using a realtor, he must have investment real estate property. Hmm. And Good I advice. Also have a, I also have a realtor who specializes in um, foreclosure property and, and property like that. And I do. If, if the deal makes sense and... The one thing, people are scared to negotiate with banks, especially if it's foreclosed. But what people don't know is those banks have a certain amount of time, which is, I believe, the end of the year. They have a certain amount of time. to They have to get rid of those properties. So I'll usually wait to around those times to where they have to get rid of those properties. And then I will try to get the best deal of a lifetime. So December would be a great time to look at foreclosed properties, huh? Yes. Mm, cool. That's a great idea. Now, you also talked about 1031 Exchange. Can you tell me what that's all about and how that yeah. works? A 1031 Exchange, and again, I'm no accountant, so I would, I would yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to double check. But a 1031 Exchange is a way that you can trade out of properties and avoid paying taxes. Right. So if I had a three bedroom, one bathroom house that was 800 square feet, I could do a 1031 exchange, sell that house and then buy one that's similar, give or take, and not pay taxes on the house that I sold. Oh, so you'd be avoiding capital gains? So you would still be able to reap the benefits of capital gains, but you will not have to pay taxes. Only if you wait that year and one day, because if you wait a year and one day, you would pay significantly less taxes than you would if you didn't. Mm. And this is why you hire an awesome accountant to tell you all of these tips, right? You, you know, it's funny. I, I believe I believe that. And I actually got this from Bill. So blame him. I believe that <laughs> <laughs> I believe that a client is. No, I'm sorry. I believe that an accountant is only as smart as his client. Right. So, of course, it's their job to to tell you what you don't know, but they can only tell you what you they can only guide you where you want to go. Right. So my accountant actually didn't tell me about a 1031 exchange because he was so busy trying to get the basic stuff out of the way. Right. I was the one who read about it in a book and went, wait, what is this? And then I asked my accountant, hey, what is this? Because he didn't know if I he didn't know if I would be trading properties. He didn't know exactly what I would be doing as far as real estate. So right. I did my research and then I came to him and I said, hey, what is this? Can we do this? How do we do this? And then he broke it down even further. And it is like one of my tools now. 
Yeah. See, I, I had a accountant, she just passed away and she would tell me these sorts of things like, you know, you might want to consider this and, oh, I miss her terribly as I'm oh, looking for an accountant. Amazing. Yeah. I'm looking for that person. I'm looking for that accountant that yeah. knows these, these ways, ins and outs. And, you know, I've been wealthy and I've been not so wealthy and she's, she was with me through thick and thin. And those kinds of people are the ones you really want to hold on to. And it sounds like you've got that group around you that supports you no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's really special. Yeah, that's true. So how can we now? Oh, this is the last question for you. Are you mentoring people now? I do. I do, actually, whether I want to believe it or not. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do mentor. I do mentor people. Actually, I just came from this. I just came from this event this past weekend that uh, one of the founding members of AQR, which is one of the biggest hedge funds, in the world, uh, David Kabiller had me come to this event to mentor and speak to college athletes. Wow. You know, you, you just blow me away because from where you came from to where you are now, it almost feels like listening to you, you, you can't believe yourself that you're where you are now. Yeah, I always tell people it feels like I'm living an entirely different life. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it. It sounds like you're you know, taken aback by everything that's happened to you. What what's next for you? What's I know you're you're pushing the book, guns, drugs, or wealth, but is there something else that's on the horizon for you? So one, I have I have stopped training. I've stopped personal training after three p.m. And I am using that time to one write more books, and I'm going to start a podcast. Oh, that's awesome! You'll have fun with it. <laughs> Thank you. Now, are you are you going to be offering your advice? Is it going to be a call-in show for you, or are you hosting it? That I'm still trying to decide. Oh, you should be oh, – listen to me giving you advice. No, no, please. Give it, give it, give it, give it. <laughs> no, what I, what I would love is I would love it to be a call-in show where people call in to ask your advice because you've already been there, done that, and you, yes, you're yes. good at mentoring. That's what your strength is. And if you had someone who was running the operational stuff for you – and riffing with you and then you take the calls in oh i think that show would completely blow up i think it'd be so much fun and sarah advice taken and i will give you 10 percent. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll put it in my robin hood account and i'll say oh, look ford's on sale <laughs> oh it's been so much fun talking to you jerry ford make sure you get the book i will put a link in the comments on selftalkradioshow.com guns drugs or wealth it's available on amazon right yes uh amazon itunes audible.com and ebook fantastic now do you have a website jerry I don't have a website because now everything is so social media based, but all of my social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, are all at Real Jerry Ford. Nice. I'll be looking for you. Jerry Ford, our guest on Self Talk Radio Show. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Sarah Spencer for Self Talk Radio Show. 
If you'd like to see our guest offerings, find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Alexa. You can join us for the conversation on Facebook and see our guest offerings on selftalkradioshow.com.